Get him stopped. Get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar did not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know, he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> Inflated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows, and if you ain't right, they'll send your ass to the rear. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ross Weiss, and welcome to Open Red, the official podcast of the War of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series and the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series presented by Toyota. Great guest on the show this week as Joe Mooney joins us. Now, if you've been a longtime listener of Open Red, back to the OG version of the show, we had Joe and at the time Andrew Bowman join us. Joe is a former crew member for Brad Sweet's number 49 team. We had Joe and Andrew on together, gave a really great look at kind of life as a as a crew guy on the road. Uh, but Joe joins us now. At the end of last season, he left the KKR 49 bunch. He's now working as a crew chief with Anthony Macri on his 39M car in the Pennsylvania area. But a couple big wins already for them, a couple outside of Pennsylvania, a couple really big wins inside of Pennsylvania. Uh, and the, that leads us to the biggest reason for this week's interview, which is Anthony's incredible last lap win at the Lincoln Speedway, which is a week ago today as we are recording this interview and putting out this episode. So Joe Mooney, uh, of course, he's got a really great backstory with the Outlaws. He did, did some time on the road with Shark Racing, did some time with Brad Sweet and the 49 Bunch, and now with Ant. Anthony Macri. So without any further ado, here is Joe Mooney this week on Open Red. So this will now become an open red flag situation. So Joe, let's just start off. It's, you know, we're a week removed now as we're recording this from the Outlaws being at Lincoln Speedway. Spectacular last lap run for Anthony. Anthony there to get the win kind of what's take me through your thoughts and emotions as you were watching kind of those last few laps of that race pl play out it was a roller coaster um you know we took off pretty good and then uh you know it took us a little while to get back by gravel you know just a couple laps but then once we cleared him Brent had gotten away a little bit and uh you know right out of the gate I thought we were about you know probably second second place car and uh then it really started to come uh, It looks like, you know, seven months ago, we were about to go past the traffic and kind of run away with it. And he, uh, because he didn't, you know, he had moved around and he didn't know to switch lanes. And uh, I felt like we were going to drive by him, no problem. And then the caution comes out. And it's, uh, <laughs> that was basically a big, you know, kicking the balls. Like, you know, we had the better car, but then, you know, his guys are going to be telling him where to move and, uh, you know, take our line away. And you don't know what's going to happen from there. And, uh, but Anthony did a great job after that, uh, basically just going where Brent wasn't. And, uh, he was determined that he was going to get by him. And, uh, he laid out there the last lap on three and four and down at the top. You mentioned that last yellow that came out there in the race while Anthony was in the process of kind of trying to close the gap on Brent some in traffic. When that, or, or, you know, that last yellow comes out and you're thinking, well, Brent's going to have clean, clean air now. Like, did you think you had a shot at it at that last yellow or did you think Brent was going to drive off in clean, clean air? 
Um, I thought we were going to have a shot. I obviously liked our odds better, you know, with, without the caution coming out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Brent, did, honestly, Brent did a really good job, I felt like. And then, uh, I mean, maybe he goes to the top in three and four that last lap, but I kind of still like our odds to throw a slider. And, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I, I think we'd come out of it either way with the win. Now, I saw you had tweeted. You had tweeted. I think it was a reply to our uh, good buddy Brent Wentz about how you were prepared watching that last lap to either get a checkered flag or build a new car Thursday morning. But what was your emotions watching that that last lap of that that race play out as he made the move in three and four? Yeah, I mean, honestly, with two to go, I'm like, man, like, uh, like I don't care. Like, I don't want to finish second here. Like, if he, you know, throw, tries to throw a slider and, you know, ends up putting it in the fence or, you know, Brent goes to the bottom and just rips the fence, like, it is what it is. I just want, you know, I wanted him to go for it, you know, and uh, that's what happened. And luckily, the, uh, the, uh, the alternative of, you know, coming back with a car and a ball happened. So, you guys had had a big win in Iowa a couple weeks prior. You get your first outlaw win as a as a crew chief at, at Lincoln last Wednesday. What do what do some of these early accomplishments mean mean for you? Kind of in the the early stages of your time working with the Macries here. Oh man, it's big. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of was a relief. Uh, I mean, you know, we won that show at Baps, but you know, it, I mean, that was a you know, it was a good. It was no slouch of a field. But uh, to go on the road and win one, you know, I, I feel like took a big weight off our shoulders. You know, nobody can say, oh, you know, on the porch. Well, or, well, yeah, you know, it was it was Port Royal or it was Williams Grove, you know, somewhere where he's won a bunch before. And uh, I mean, so that, so that was big on the road. And then to come back, I mean, he claims it's not his favorite place. I mean, <laughs> obviously Lincoln, but, uh, but, you know, I kind of, I've always liked Lincoln and enjoy going there and, uh, you know, to go in there against the outlaws. And I mean, every night this year, you know, pretty much outside of PA, you're racing against, you know, a car count of like 45 or better. I mean, they are solid fields, you know, no matter where we go and, uh, it's tough. So, uh, to come, you know, beat the outlaws at home, beat the outlaws anywhere. I don't, I mean, I don't care. You know, you gotta be on your game all night. And, uh, you know, he did a great job in that race. Like, you know, conserved when he had to, didn't use his tires up and, uh, we were there at the end. So for the, for the folks listening, as I said earlier, you're kind of in the early stages of your, uh, working re- relationship with Anthony Macri here as his crew chief. We'll, we'll kind of briefly fill in your, your backstory for some people, but you've you've logged a lot of miles, a lot of years on the road, on the Outlaw Tour uh, with a couple different teams. You spent your last several years as car chief uh, with Brad Sweet and the the 49 Bunch, won, of course, won championships with them. What kind of led to your decision to kind of step off the road somewhat and, and move back to – home in Pennsylvania and work for essentially a, a local team there? Um, I mean, ultimately the goal of just becoming a crew chief, uh, you know, just came to that point in my career where, you know, it's, you know, you, you're always working. To, I'm always, at least I'm always working to better myself and challenge myself. And, 
you know, that my time with KKR was great and, you know, learn, you know, wouldn't be without KKR and shark racing, you know, wouldn't be where I am today uh, without either one of those, you know, uh, shark led to KKR. KKR now has led to a crew chief opportunity. And uh, I mean, I wouldn't have, you know, it's kind of all just made sense. Uh, not that I was necessarily sick of the road and the, you know, the outlaw deal, but yet the opportunity to be back closer to home, uh, get to see family more. Uh, you know, now I'm living an hour and 45 minutes from home home. So, uh, you know, it's a lot easier on the weekend or on, during the winter to, you know, shoot home for uh, Saturday, Sunday at home and just drive back Monday morning or Sunday night and, you know, be back to work rather than eight hours from North Carolina. But, uh, you know, just, just the challenge, you know, you know, I looked up to, to Eric and, you know, Bobby and, you know, Justin Adams and all those guys. And you see guys like Ricky Warner, you know, who have made, you know, substantial careers out of this and you know not that you can't you know i mean all right living as car chief but i mean you know obviously you you know you just keep challenging yourself you want to learn more and i feel like the best way like this the you know not that i wasn't learning in the role i was but you know kind of you, you got to balance there of just doing your job and uh you know just keep uh Keep, keep track of uh, uh, what direction you're headed, and you know, kind of really know your role on the uh, on the team. So you you mentioned there, you know, you obviously had a lot of really good crew chiefs. You could kind of watch and and learn from there at, at KKR. You know, Eric Pretzman now in his time with Brad's definitely established himself as one of the career one of the premier crew chiefs in the sport. You, you mentioned Justin Adams. What kind of influence did guys like that have on you and what kind of things did you learn from your time working with each one of them i mean you learn every day um just you know getting, again like you couldn't ask for for better guys and you know you couldn't ask for a better car owner and in, in casey um i mean you go back to the bobby allen days you know riding up the road and down in the you know up and down the road in the chowder home and you know learning how to take a dime and turn it into a dollar and, uh, you, you know, working with what you have and, uh, you know, those guys have come a long way too from the time that I was there, but, uh, and then, you know, Eric and Justin, uh, they're two lifers. They've been out here forever. Uh, they know how to get up and down the road. I mean, it's not just race car stuff. It's, you know, planning logistics, travel parts, inventory, uh, just how to be prepared, uh, and I mean, just, you know, how to handle adversity and, uh, you know, not panic when, when shit goes wrong. And, uh, yeah, I mean, literally every day out there is a learning experience. And, uh, you know, it would have been uh, pretty dumb of me if I didn't, you know, have my mental notebook open at all times uh, when, when hanging out with those guys. So in terms of the kind of life cycle of a, relationship in sprint car racing you spent a really long time at you know kkr working on the the 49 team what kind of adapting do, do you have to do when you leave something like that to go work with a a new team 
Um, it's different. Um, luckily, I'm you know still really close to you know with those guys. Uh, you know, we we pitted next right, right next to the 49 at Lincoln. You know, uh, you know we're obviously you know not telling you know, but like I can I can feel free you know if I have a question or something that questions something I'm doing, you know if I want to call Eric or Casey up and you know run it by them. Uh, you know they they'd be all open ears and uh, you know that's that's a you know, it's a big benefit to have. And uh, I think they just appreciate the work that, you know, I put in for them through the years. And, uh, you know, I appreciate everything they did for me. Um, so now it's a little different, you know, here. Uh, basically, it's just me and Anthony in the shop. Um, so he busts his ass all winter with me uh, to try to get some more organization here and uh, get more prepared for, you know, our schedule's kind of like a month at home, a month on the road. Uh, and I mean, I'd consider this a month at home, but last night, you know, we raced Sunday at Sealands Grove and turned around quick and left Monday. Now, maintenance, left Monday night, and uh, we're back here getting ready for for another three-race weekend now today. So you mentioned things like organization, but what what are some things – like organization in addition to that that you kind of learned in your time on the road with a premier team that you can bring back and really kind of help elevate the the game of a I, I i hate calling anthony like a local or a regional team but what can you take from your time on the road and apply to to helping a, a team like the 39m oh i mean just you know basically it's like we'll we'll leave uh right after memorial day you know this coming month and we'll be out on the road for a month and it's just knowing what you need to have in the trailer and uh and you know get get through a, a month you know they're they're used to racing you know so maybe just as many if not more times at home but going back to the shop pretty much every night and you know uh, i think we we the biggest thing we tackled right when I got here was the trailer preparation and, you know, what, what it all, how it's organized, you know, if, if things flow and you don't have to, you know, take your time looking for stuff, you're going to be able to spend more time uh, worrying about making a race car faster and, you know, not, you know, oh, well, we don't have this or we don't have that or, you know, we got to, this is here, but it's like half put together, you know, no, it's here, it's in the trailer, it's ready, you know, make a change and uh, here we go. Um, just stuff like that is uh, goes a long way. And uh, keeps everybody in a good mood and uh, the more prepared you are. And if you're not rushing around last second, trying to trying to work things out. So what's, I guess uh, this is kind of going to be my last question then, but you know, Anthony's still a relatively young guy, even though he's been driving a long time. What, how do you kind of work with a guy like, like him to keep constantly kind of evolving his, his skill set and kind of build that relationship between the, the two of you guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, we spent a lot of time together this winter in the shop. Like I said, he, uh, he's in there basically every day that, that I was and uh, for pretty much just as many hours. Uh, you know, he's in the shop right now uh, running the valves. And, you know, our team setup is a little bit different. Uh, you know, me and him are basically the only two full-time employees. Uh, we got Hank who uh, will travel 
people with us when he goes on the road. But then during the week, he uh, works for Anthony Stad's Concrete Company. And then we have a bunch of, uh, you know, a handful of other guys that are great help and who we really need when we uh, come back home and, uh, you know, at the track. And, you know, once in a while, Friday morning, you know, one or two of them will show up or Saturday mornings after a Friday night race and help take the workload off of us. But, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a different dynamic. Uh, but yeah, we're I think we're uh, getting closer, getting him to open up more. Uh, you know, and I'm not the most talkative, outgoing person either. So, uh, you know, it's it's good. I'd say it's it's good so far. Uh, and I mean, obviously, I, I think running well will always help improve that and uh, keep the morale good. But uh, he works hard. Um, you know, and uh, it's. Uh, it's different, but it's good. Well, all right, Joe Mooney, on that point, uh, I thank you for taking time to talk to us today uh, in the middle of your washing and maintenance day there at the shop. We'll let you get back to it. But congrats on a great start to the season. Wish you the best of continued success throughout the year, and uh, thanks for the time, bud. Thanks, Ross. sounding marking the final two minutes of the open red flag conditions well that's going to do it for us this week here on open red thanks to every one of you for listening a few housekeeping notes before we wrap it up this week please do not forget to rate review and follow open red on whatever platform you were listening to it on so drop a few stars leave a comment hit that follow button that really helps push the show into the feeds of people who aren't subscribed to the show and listening every week yet Don't forget to follow the World of Outlaws and the Extreme Outlaw Midgets on social media across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. There's accounts there to follow one or both series everywhere. If you have suggestions for guests on the show, don't forget to tweet me at Ross Weiss and use that hashtag OpenRed anytime you have a thought on the show or a note to get to me as well. Again, thanks everybody for listening. That's going to do it this week. We'll see you next time on OpenRed. Hashtag OpenRed.